This is Sheila with the Communicate Influence podcast. In the last episode, Linda Andros and I discussed best practices for managing meetings. Linda is a managing partner with Apex Public Relations in downtown Toronto. In this episode, Linda talks about preparing junior staff members for meetings. These include internal staff meetings, client meetings, client pitches, or client interviews. Linda explores the skills young staff need to convince managers that they are ready for a seat at the table, or even be part of a new client pitch. I'm curious about um, what happens when you're thinking about sending someone more junior to a pretty significant client meeting. How do you make that decision and what kind of uh, process do you go through so they can earn a seat at the table? So one of the things that uh, you know, we do, at least at our, at our agency anyhow, is you know, you're trying to build up um, for the more junior people, obviously their confidence, their understanding of meetings. Um, and one of the ways we go about that is by you know, asking them or if they're, you know, sometimes they'll be proactive and come to you, but, um, you know, them hosting or internal meetings. So, you know, if they have a weekly touch base on an account, uh, the junior person will then be, you know, through various degrees, you know, you're giving them more and more responsibility, whether it's, you know, they start out and just do the agenda or they're going to start out and say, okay, I'm going to do what I call top bottom for the meeting. So I'm setting it up. I'm talking to people about what, you know, the various roles and responsibilities are going to be in this internal meeting. And I'm doing the close and the follow up. Um, and as they become more comfortable and they also start to see, oh, these are the kinds of questions that I get from my manager, my colleagues, or after the meeting, when we send, say, meeting notes to the clients, these are the kind of questions I get back. They're starting to build up that sort of internal knowledge, if you will, like, ah, I'm seeing how, you know, things could go well or awry. And it, it gives them an opportunity to kind of set that base level and then they're building up from there. Um, it may be also that, you know, the next level is them getting invited to a meeting um, with the client. They're not going to be necessarily the sort of meeting manager, but, you know, they're sitting down and finding out from their manager the role they're going to play. So it could be that they're playing the role of taking meeting notes, which is very important um, because how will we know what the next steps are if the meeting notes aren't very good? That requires them to go back to their manager and say, what should this look like? Or I'm going to go online and see what they've done previously so that I understand what will be effective communications afterwards. Again, you think these things are just like notes that you're going to whip off but they lend the basis for everything that comes after that. Um, and then they start to be able to play other roles, whether, you know, it is, you know, them with the VP and they're going to be playing an active working role in the meeting. So it's, you know, by degrees, you become more comfortable, you become more proficient, um, but it is looking for those opportunities internally to say, okay, how can I get involved more often? How can I get involved in different types of meetings so that I can see, you know, the dynamics or things that might be happening, whether on different teams, whether through different client meetings, just even internal meetings in the organization overall, depending on what you do. Um, if you're in internal communications, can you sit in other department meetings so that you can just sort of see, you know, the style 
of how different organizations approach um, meeting sort of organization, if you will. I think the other element uh, that is really important that uh, I think has kind of come up between what we've talked about today is, you know, when you're a junior person and you're getting involved in meetings and and interviewing um, is that element of curiosity. And you need to show internally that you are very interested in, um, you know, the client, the industry, um, and that you have value that you can bring to the meeting. Um, whether it even still just be an internal meeting, you still got to get the seat at the internal meeting table. Um, and, you know, uh, certainly people who work at agencies, but even, you know, on the client side, you want people at the table that are going to bring some value, whether, um, you know, at the beginning, it may be something very sort of basic, like great listening skills or really great note taking that is a value and it helps the team. And as you build on that and perhaps your knowledge becomes greater, that you are able to be more of an active participant, um, that shows that you are kind of, I don't know, worthy of a seat at the table um, because no client or even internally wants someone sitting there just mindlessly taking notes. That's that's not helpful to the organization or to the agency when they're dealing with the clients. Um, in terms of um, follow-up, well, one, I, I, I mean, I think that, and it, it's, it is very hard. You, you have to be comfortable with people. And that can be a very, especially people that you may not know. Um, and that can be very daunting at times, but it goes back to, again, you know your value. Your value at the meeting that you just participated in, or assuming you participated in this particular meeting, um, shows that you need to, you know, follow up and it's business. It, it's, it's like you would do with anything, any other person calling. You're calling, you're looking to get the information that we've agreed on post-meeting and you're providing that clarity. You know, even if you weren't at the meeting, I saw from the meeting notes that you've indicated that you're sending us a presentation on X. So Jen asked me to follow up to get that so that we can do X, Y, Z. Um, it is, frankly, being a little bit um, determined to get that because you may not um, get the person. Uh, you know, you may have to follow up a few times. And, and I think it, it's, you know, getting yourself over that hurdle of, oh, I'm being an annoyance. Well, if you think you're getting there, like, I think it's fair to say, you know, if you call someone two times and you're still not getting what you need, then you would go back to your manager or whoever you're you're working this meeting with and, and explain, I've done this two times, I'm not getting it. And together you two will problem solve. Um, and it may be that you and the manager will call that person so that, you know, that individual can just reinforce uh, why you need it. Um, I mean, they're always going to ask you to come back with a, okay, well, how do you suggest we handle the situation? And I highly encourage people to at least have an idea to problem solve, even if it's not that one. Um, but you do have to be a bit determined um, to do that. The flip side is also um, maybe that the person doesn't have the info and you may need to problem solve. You may need to be like, oh, okay. I don't want to go back and tell Jen they don't have the info, so I'm going to do a Google search and see what I can come up with. So it may also be showing your value in other ways 
um, to do, you know, to get whatever it is you need. It may also be that you have to physically go there and go to their offices and be like, um, I'm picking something up or leaving them a message saying, is it okay if I come by Tuesday and pick up this info? Um, and that's sometimes what needs to be done to get what you need. Um, it's, it is difficult. That's, that's always a tough one. I remember Linda, one of the things that you said to me, uh, last year when we were talking about interviewing and younger people and just getting into their career in public relations and marketing, and you talked about them being in meetings and somehow losing control of the meeting. So to our listeners who are pretty young and they know that that's some place that they want to be one day, an account director and, and uh, taking charge of a, a presentation to a new client or even the regular update meetings, the, the touch base meetings, what can you say to young people who, who need to be in the driver's seat for that kind of meeting? Well, one thing I would say, and obviously we've talked about it a little bit already, is, you know, that the idea of planning, uh, knowing everything that you possibly can about the meeting. Um, and again, it goes back to even it's just if you're asking questions internally with your colleagues, who will be there? You know, what are the roles and responsibilities for our team, but also, uh, you know, whoever we think client side or partner side is coming and, and what are they going to be doing so that you have a lay of the land of what, you know, is going to happen at the meetings. If you're managing the meeting, then it is really important that you understand that, you know, meetings have a, a feeling and a flow. You know, you have to sort of like writing to set it up at the top. Right. And then you have to have like the supporting and there has to be a closing. I think a lot of times people think with meetings that they can just come in and go. But once you're there, you realize, oh, it's not quite so simple or you're babbling on and you're not uh, effectively using the time or the people so it really is, you know, stopping and thinking, you know, how do I want to set this up? What's the ultimate outcome? Do I prep people in advance for this? Or, you know, a lot of times I'll say to people, it, you know, it's sort of like presentation training at the top, say the three things that you want to come out with this meeting. And then at the bottom, you know, reiterate them. And did we get there? And I think the other thing is, is you know, it is thinking through next steps um, as you're going through a meeting, you know, people sometimes think too, just given our sort of technological era, it's cool to write stuff on a piece of paper, to parking lot things, you know, to um, keep track of write notes. Wow. What a novel concept <laughs> um, or however you choose to do it. But next steps are very critical. When you're the meeting manager, you have a lot of responsibility on you and other people are looking to you to make sure that it is um, an efficient use of time, use of brain power. Uh, and, you know, I find sometimes, you know, with more junior people, their enthusiasm um, sometimes gets them to think they have to keep talking. Less is more. The meeting is not about you. You are there to uh, orchestrate 
Get is a, that their enthusiasm's got them a little bit carried away. Yes, so. they talk and yeah. talk and talk sometimes. I think it's nervousness sometimes too, but it also I think goes back to that when you don't plan, you're just talking because mm. you don't really know where you're going with it. Um, so you're just kind of filling in that time. And, uh, you know, sometimes for junior people, what we will do is, and I highly recommend it, depending on where you work, we'll role play before the meeting happens. So we'll sit down and say, okay, Jesse, you're the meeting lead. So talk to us about like, what's your pre-communication and then start the meeting and, and walk us through how you see this meeting running. Um, and then, you know, that person will, and then we'll say, okay, what if the client suddenly says, I hate that idea? You know, what, what are you going to do? You, you know, and then the, gives the person an opportunity to go, oh, well, in that case, I will defer to Jen because I know she's been working with this. Um, it's not that the person running the meeting has to have all the answers. Okay. Right. So, um, you're, you are just the person to, you know, keep things moving, um, and, uh, make sure that those that need to be heard or, or add in the other thing too, is the person running the meeting also has to be watching. You're looking for body language. If you see someone who's like, like, you know, they're stewing over something it's your job to be, oh, Sheila, I, I noticed you, you look like maybe you, you have something you want to add to the conversation. Um, you're hosting, right? It, you're managing and you're hosting, which seems very sort of old fashioned, but that is the responsibility of that person. And uh, it is a big responsibility. I, I think that sometimes junior people think a meeting is a meeting is a meeting. Um, but that is far from the truth. I've seen a lot of things come out of well-run meetings um, that uh, were not expected. Well, a client has suddenly signed off on a million-dollar project uh, just from the way the meeting was structured and how we were able to run it, and that was not anticipated. Um, and I've seen meetings that were not structured well suddenly blow up into issues that suddenly progressed beyond that to, you know, people not talking later to, um, and it's not to say that, you know, a well-planned meeting, it won't happen that way, but you're, you, you're trying to drive it in the direction that you want it to go. Uh, that's why I'm not keen on people thinking that they can just having an agenda is not running a meeting. And I think that people think, oh, well, I have the agenda. You know, you have to not be so literal. Things are going to be fluid. Mm. And if you're running the meeting, you got to remember that. So we've touched quite a bit on preparation. I know I'm a bit I'm a bit of a preparation bore. Well, that's good. <laughs> it, it is so important. It's like that um, expression. I don't know who said it, but uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we've talked about deferring, you know, it's fine to say, I don't know, I can get back to you or I'm going to, you know, refer to Jen who can pick this up. What, what other things would you say to, to younger listeners who, who um, aspire to becoming an account manager or 
needing this kind of important meeting? What do they need to do and how do they need to avoid pitfalls? Well, depending on your organization, uh, it's it's great if you have the opportunity even to sit in on a number of different types of meetings because not all meetings are the same. And I, I think that people paint meetings with like one brush. Um, and, you know, as we've talked about, new business meetings, prep or during or post are very different than meetings that you're having with your client, touch base meetings. If you're pitching something to a client, those can all be very different types of meetings. So um, the more exposure you can get, even if you're just a fly on the wall. And generally here, we would say, you know, everybody who comes to a meeting has to have a role. Um, but you can have a role, uh, whether it be, you know, the person who's taking notes, but you also want to be looking and listening for the meeting style that you think, oh, yes, that kind of aligns with how I see myself because everybody has a style. You know, you don't want it to be, you know, every person has to do a meeting the same way. And it gives you an opportunity to look and see how people um, manage the flow of those meetings. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really recommend people looking and, you know, even just going. I, I know it sounds weird, but like read industry books on, you know, whether it be, you know, meeting management or there's tons of online tools just to give people a sense of like um, what, uh, depending on the resource that you have internally, you know, if you're looking for agendas or you're, you don't have a lot of resources, what you want to build on, you know, looking to your association um, or other membership people that might share something, you know, with you. I think the other element of it is, you know, for more junior people is becoming comfortable with um, presenting um, but also really honing those listening and asking question skills. Those are all elements that go into meetings, right? You're presenting, but just as important are the listening and the questions that you're asking and trying to find opportunities to do that because then you have the skills to bring that to the table. I mean, I always encourage people to, you know, if they're, if they're, uh, getting involved with, you know, more responsibility that includes, you know, clients or other sorts of, of meetings, you know, to do those things like rehearsals, even if it's just with your manager. A lot of times people don't want to ask because they don't want the other person to know that they're nervous or they don't know. But it can make such a huge difference because then you go in and you're ready and people think, wow, that was a great meeting, great meeting. And it does so much for your reputation. Um, and that little bit of, um, I don't know what it is, humility of going and saying, I don't know, saves you so much in the long run. I'm always impressed with people who will, uh, say, I just, I want to walk through this to make sure I come across the best that I can, or that I'm delivering on what you, what you're expecting from me. Mm. Um, I think it was a long way. And I, I would say most people, most managers would feel that. Um, that they would want to see that person be successful. In... So take responsibility for your own growth and development. Exactly. In other words. Yeah. Exactly. Now, one thing I, I hear in meetings from, from people of all levels of experience, well, not in meetings, but afterwards, um, and I'm sure you must have heard this as well, is um, 
sometimes people will leave a meeting and they, they'll say, wow, I couldn't get a word in. Um, you know, so-and-so just kept talking and talking and talking or talking over or interrupting. And with clients or when you're trying to get information, conduct an interview, that can make it challenging because you want to come away with something. So in that kind of scenario, how do you handle it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of times it's, it's sort of interesting, you know, when we do creative brainstorm sessions, you set up the scenario, right? No idea is a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. It's the same with meetings. And a lot of times when we go into meetings, um, usually with pre-existing relationships, we will reinforce the upfront um, that you know, we want to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity to comment or to be a part of the meeting. So uh, whether the person who's like the meeting manager or meeting host may cut someone off or ask someone to be, you know, very concise. The other thing that I find too sometimes in meetings is, um, and, and this comes with experience is, is someone giving like an opinion or do they actually have something to add? And I, I will say politely, are, are you giving us an opinion right now or are you um, feeding into the idea? Because if you've got an opinion, can you hold it? Because right now we're just trying to do this and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to feed into this before we get to, you know, your or I just want to play devil's advocate, um, which may or may not be appropriate. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it's it's much more difficult when you are in a meeting and client or, or someone that is important perhaps can be a bit long winded uh, in those cases. You know, you really need diplomacy. And I probably would say in my experience, that's where like the senior people come in because they can usually start to try and put a bit of a pin in it or. Uh, you know, could be like, you know, I, I just want to, you know, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I just want to make sure that a we're we're all because you've had said so much great stuff. We un, we're we're getting the main points of it and reiterating back, and sometimes that's enough to sort of get the person to stop because mm. um, they realize that they are giving you this fire hose, and they're like, right, you can't take all of that in. So I'm gonna pause for a minute and let us take these points. Um, but that's where, you know, you, you see the levels of, um, sort of meeting expertise, if you will. Right. Cause those people are usually, they've done a lot of meetings. And so they're able to kind of take a little bit of a turn here, um, and get somebody refocused. doesn't always work. That sounds really good. Diplomacy. That makes sense. You're not going to respond as maybe John Cleese would and just turn around and say, shut up. That never works. So your initial strategy is diplomacy. What happens if someone is just kind of not whatever intuitive and they're picking up on that and they, they keep it going? Do you, do you push harder or do you just give them the freedom to keep going? Honestly, I really think it depends on the person. Um, so, you know, if, if it's the CEO, um, sometimes I'll just think to myself, well, maybe they, they've helped, like they're just desperate for our, like 
and someone to hear them and they just need to get this out and you, you can do nothing but just give them the time. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's really a call. Um, you know, depending, I usually look at it more of if I have a history with the person, um, if I have a history with the person and I know, Oh, they're always such a blowhard. They're going to, they just love hearing themselves talk then I try to actually have mechanisms in advance to deal with it. Um, sometimes you just have to let it go mm. and um, know that that's just going to be how it's going to roll. Um, I mean, you can gnash your teeth all you want, um, but you still have to kind of think to yourself, okay, I, am, I, am I still going to get to my final objective um, and how am I going to do that or you know, my bigger concern is if the person's talking on and on and on that they're putting us in like we're moving into a totally different direction or they're bringing up five other things that we're not here to talk about. Um, so my bigger concern is to gain control after they've had their moment of like, well, um, to be like, whoa, OK, that was a lot of stuff. We're here to talk about this. So going back to my piece of paper, we're going to park. So. My CEO sees that I, I have heard and we're parking this, but for right now, and then I will usually say like, do we all agree that this is still the number one priority? Because if Dawn has spoken about these other four things are one of these things, because sometimes that changes the tone of the meeting, depending on, you know, who you have in it, suddenly new information comes out and you're like, whoa, we thought it was this, but now... It's this. And this kind of kind of touches on client preparation. Have they prepared? Have they got their objectives or goals clearly defined? And I guess in these meetings, sometimes you find that they haven't and all of a sudden it shifts. Do you take it back to what you're there for or do you let it shift and take it from there? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, usually I'll recap this is what we're here for. Um, and sort of test the room in terms of like, yeah, are we still committed and focused on this or, you know, has something changed in the last 24 hours and now we're pivoting over to this or the two things related. Um, and I think that that just requires, uh, going back to that interview questioning process and determining, um, you know, what, what's the real focus now? Um, cause sometimes it can just be a lot of like smoke and, and it, it, it's nothing. Um, and we still need to stick with what, what we're focused on. What I find interesting is, you know, a lot of times, um, internally, uh, people don't ask questions. So we use, sometimes we are the only people asking questions, which probably could be a whole nother conversation, but I find it fascinating that, we will be working with, say, two different divisions of, of an organization. They will not know what's going on. We will have asked all the questions and then gone back and been like, hey, do you know that marketing is doing da 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 Hey, comms, do you know that? Da-da? And they will have had no idea mm. um, because they internally don't ask questions um, because they're very siloed. So and you're right. It is a whole other conversation, that internal communication and just reaching out, um, preventing rework or confusion in client meetings or agency meetings, whatever. Yeah. I've encountered that a lot. 
And that's why I think it's really important on, you know, going back to that preparation of, of, of asking those questions. Cause if you don't, and you assume that they have asked each other those questions, you will not probably be headed where you need to go and you will not achieve the results that ultimately the organization wants or needs because you don't have all the info. Wow. So that's great, Linda. So really, when we think about interviewing clients, getting a seat at that table, it's not just about having great interview skills. You have to be curious. You have to think strategically, be prepared, take good notes, be prepared to give value and offer something. Yeah, it's I I think that there's a lot more that goes into this than surface wise people would would think. And uh, it it is something that if, you know, if you lean into it, it can it can really, I think, enhance your career. It really is something that you can get a lot out of and show your value back to the organization or to, to the client. That's great. Thank you so much. Linda, tell us where our listeners can find you online. Oh, well, definitely you can find me uh, on Twitter, which is one of my favorite places, uh, which is um, at Apex Linda. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn um, at Linda Andros. And uh, you can find me on my email if you really want to email me, um, which is Landross, L-A-N-D-R-O-S-S at apexpr.com. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.